0: Welcome to the Health Pulse podcast, I'm Dr. Connor Delaney, CEO and President of Cleveland Clinic Florida. Dr. Mahmood Trena is a Section Chief of Interventional Cardiology in the Heart and Vascular Institute at Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi. He's performed more than 10,000 cardiac catheterizations and structural heart procedures, and he uses advanced techniques and minimally invasive approaches. He's participated in multiple international multi-center trials, and he's accumulated over 60 publications and abstracts in peer-reviewed journals, and so he's really an expert in his field. Dr. Treina joins us today to talk about structural heart disease and some of the latest advancements in the diagnosis, treatment, and care of these conditions. Welcome to our podcast, Mahmoud.
1: Thank you, Connor. Thank you for having me.
0: To start, maybe you'd tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got to be doing what you're doing.
1: Sure. Um, I uh, grew up in L.A., um, did my uh, medical school in uh, UC Davis, and then uh, did my training in cardiology and interventional cardiology uh, in the UCLA system, and then after that, joined as faculty um, at UCLA at the uh, county hospital, kind of running their interventional program there, Um, and uh, about Seven years ago now, a friend of mine told me about this uh, interesting opportunity in Abu Dhabi, um, in the Middle East with a Cleveland Clinic affiliated hospital opening up there. And I said, let's check it out. And seven years later, here I am and happy to be here.
0: That's funny, as we were talking about earlier, uh, having come to Cleveland for a year from Ireland, 23 years ago, I, <laughs> I get how the future isn't all you think it might be. Um, but I, I know all the stuff going on in Abu Dhabi is really exciting. So to our listeners, a lot of people know about heart disease and obviously think of atheroma and plaques and heart attacks and, think, and things like that. But structural heart disease is much more than that. Could you give people a brief overview of what structural heart disease actually is?
1: Sure. So, you know, when it comes to the mechanics of a heart, like you mentioned, everyone kind of heard about bypass and blocked arteries and plaques and stents and these things. But a lot of other things can kind of go wrong with the heart. So structural heart disease kind of deals with valves, problems with the different valves in the heart or holes in the heart or uh, different uh, appendages and extra pieces of the heart that can be Mm -hmm. malfunctioning.
0: So with that, what are some of the common types of structural heart diseases that you end up looking after?
1: Um, I think there's a lot, there's really a hodgepodge of things that can be uh, be affiliated. Some, a lot of them are valve related. So the fu- dysfunction of different heart valves, either they can either leak too much or they can be stuck and not open well. Um, but also things like holes in the heart um, in the upper and lower chambers of the heart are very common heart problems.
0: And so they've, got very different causes, uh, many of them. I mean, some of the holes obviously are genetic and you see them in kids. Some are acquired by disease. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the causes of of some of the different structural heart conditions.
1: Sure. As you mentioned, a lot of them are congenital or things that people are born with, like holes in the heart um, and that they've had since the day they're born. Some of them are just wear and tear, like uh, getting. uh, especially the aortic valve can get stuck with just wear and tear over time with age, and it's purely age-related. And some of them are more complicated and associated with other heart conditions. So leaking of the valves can be either something you're born with or sometimes something that's acquired after a heart attack or other conditions of the heart muscle can lead to the heart not working well and leaking, the valve leaking.
0: And even infection, I remember in Ireland, there used to be rheumatic heart disease, a lot of rheumatic heart disease around and people would get valve issues secondary to that.
1: Yeah, that's actually a great point. We see a lot more than I ever saw back in the US and I saw quite a bit and you know, I worked at a county hospital, so I saw quite a bit of rheumatic heart disease uh, from, from old infections, but here in this part of the world, we still see it quite a bit. And yeah, I have I to it.
0: Yeah, I bet. Now, some of the treatments are really exciting. We'll talk about those in a moment, but for patients, what are are some of the symptoms that people get with structural heart disease? Uh, You know, what should they know about? When should they see a doctor? Could you give them some information around that?
1: Sure. I think, you know, probably the cardinal early sign of almost all of these structural heart abnormalities is that you notice a change in your activity level. That's really the first step. So people will you know, if they exercise, it's actually a great tool because they'll start to notice their exercise level drops. If they're not so active, it may wait until there maybe starts to affect their daily living where they're, you know, they're, there's a stay, they live, they live in a two-floor house, they'll start noticing that they're starting to get short of breath or tired when they're going up the stairs or when, you know, there's a, they go on a daily walk, there's a little ramp or a little hill next to their house that normally doesn't give them trouble, but starts to give them trouble, that's usually the earliest warning sign that maybe something
0: should get checked out. So breathlessness would be one symptom and then just tiredness and inability to complete what was previously a normal level of exercise, but not as much chest pain then as you might get with uh, coronary artery disease.
1: Exactly, now chest pain, some, some of them, some of the conditions can cause, but it's much more of, early symptoms of what we call heart failure, that the heart's having trouble pumping, and the warning signs of that show up much more with activity because your heart has to pump more and it's not able to because of the various conditions they may have.
0: Right, and it's not an issue with the blood supply getting to the heart and therefore you don't get the angina like uh, chest pain. So somebody comes with these uh, symptoms rather, Um, and then you have to figure out what's wrong with with them. So what are the tests that you do to diagnose these conditions and understand what the problems actually are with the heart?
1: Fantastic question. So the first test we do is an EKG. That's the simplest and easiest test um, that will oftentimes give us clues uh, as to what may be going on. And there's a a whole myriad of other cardiac diseases that can, can cause those symptoms and mimic this. But the real cardinal test for uh, diagnosing structural heart disease is the echocardiogram, which is basically the ultrasound of the heart. And, uh, you know, it just shows us all the heart chambers, all the heart valves. And most of the time that will diagnose probably about 95% of these uh, heart problems, at least give us an idea of the initial test of what's going on with the heart.
0: Uh, so ultrasound's important, and that's normally, you'll start with transthoracic, transthoracic and then if you need uh, something more specific or a better resolution, you may go with more advanced ultrasound procedures.
1: Yeah, so so initially it will be the the chest wall one. That usually gives us the diagnosis. Now, when we're mm-hmm. trying to think about different treatment options with leaking valves, and we want to explore, or holes in the heart, we want to explore whether how we can treat it, and can it be treated with? as we're going to get to transcatheters or more uh, simpler or easier techniques, catheter-based techniques, we'll need to probably get this ultrasound through the mouth where we can get a closer view of the heart um, and the various chambers and and valves.
0: Perfect. So you're, you're starting to talk about some of the treatments, and that's really been exciting, watching that evolve over the last 10, 15 years or so. Um, But what are some of the common treatments so people understand what kind of procedures that you need for structural heart disorders?
1: So they run the whole uh, gamut of of spectrum of diseases from traditionally almost all structural heart was treated by surgery, so open heart surgery. So um, the actual, you know, the first open heart surgery ever done was not for bypass surgery, but was for a hole in the heart. Um, something called the atrial septal defect, and that was done in the 40s. So, so, so this was, you know, where where it started, and it still continues to this day. Um, but as we've progressed, as the field has progressed, and places like Cleveland Clinic has led the way, is becoming more and more minimally invasive. So first, it started with more less invasive surgery, so things like small incision surgery, and then it progressed into robotic surgery for a lot of these congenital heart, uh, structural heart uh, conditions. But in the last 10 to 15 years, we've really progressed into the world of purely catheter-based approaches for many of these conditions um, where patients can get, without any surgery, any cuts, through small holes in the groin, we can fix a lot of these, probably the majority of these problems uh, through this and patients are off the table um, within within an hour and usually out of the hospital next day or sometimes even the same day.
0: Yeah, and so just to explain, and you may want to go in more depth, but so what used to be done by opening the the breastbone and the midline of the breastbone and opening the chest and we'd operate on the heart, um, initially we could do it through tiny uh, incisions and use a robot and, and repair a mitral valve, which is one of the valves in the heart, but now you're going through the groin. And so, so thinking of the two, two major areas, maybe some as the, the defects or the holes in the heart and the other being the valve issues, you can put little umbrella like devices in to close the little holes. And you can now replace the valves or or certainly insert a mechanical valve inside the old valve to functionally replace the valve. Maybe you talk a little bit about that to explain the technology to people because it's really exciting and fascinating how how it's changed everything.
1: The probably, you know, the the initial, again, in the field, just as a history. So the the first probably major structural heart percutaneous or catheter-based intervention was closing hearts with the umbrella. So that's where we kind of got got our feet wet probably as a field um, uh, 20, 25 years ago is where these umbrellas, where you can close the heart, you put an umbrella on one side, umbrella on the other side, and you can kind of close that defect instead of cracking open the chest and opening up the chest. The, The biggest advance and the big player that's kind of really dramatically changed the field is replacement of the aortic valve. This is a common common problem in the elderly. The valve gets stuck. Patients start to get symptoms, and usually within one to two years of them getting symptoms, people die without any intervention. Before the only option was surgery, but the first one ever done was actually 2000. We just celebrated the 20th anniversary of the first uh, procedure called a TAVR or trans aortic uh, trans uh, catheter aortic valve replacement, or replacing the valve through a catheter approach was developed. So we're now through, initially it was through cut downs, but now through just a tiny little needle and a small three or four millimeter hole, you can put a valve all the way up to the heart and then position it within the old valve and then open up inside and deliver a new valve. And it takes about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and people are, you know, I uh, that was just at uh, Cleveland Clinic main campus. They're sending people home the same day after these procedures. So, I mean, it's uh, versus in the old days, it's an open chest, five to seven days in the hospital, three months of recovery. It's, uh, it's dramatically changed um, how much we can help people and how quickly they can get better. And a lot of people that are a lot sicker can undergo these really life-saving treatments.
0: And I think that's one of the big changes, right? Apart from the recovery is that now it's, it's so much easier to get through. We can offer these procedures to patients who literally wouldn't have been fit for a major operation before. So it's, it's transformational for individuals as well. So maybe tell me a little bit about Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi and how it's unique in its ability to care for structural heart disease.
1: Sure. So Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi was actually established about now, eight years ago now, about a year before I got here. Um, and the concept was to bring the Cleveland Clinic kind of uh, method of practice to the region. It's a lot of it is a, is a kind of disparate and individual-based care. And what Cleveland Clinic kind of brings is that holistic, team-based kind of uh, complete model of care where the patient's kind of at the center. So, So it's not a surgeon and a cardiologist kind of fighting over a case, but it's a team kind of deciding what's best for each individual patient and then bringing all these talented people kind of push it to the next level so and we've seen that so what that leads to is ability to treat much more complicated patients than before whereas you know some there may be places that can offer a simple tavern a simple case that's straightforward we can now in in this kind of setting being able to offer much more wider array of procedures and when it enters into the mitral valve and things that are much more complicated um, and can offer the whole gamut for a patient. So some will get need surgery, some will need robotic or minimally invasive, and some will get the transcatheter and each patient will get what's best uh, treatment options for, for them in their specific case. And, and I think that's what kind of the Cleveland Clinic model brings to the
0: region. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think you put it very well. We, we've been lucky; we're lucky enough to be part of an organisation where team-based care is a, a, the way we do it, bringing together all kinds of specialists, and it allows us build the right culture to do the right thing, and also build the experience to have such high volumes that we have really experienced teams able to look after very complicated patients. So, so I just want to thank you, Mahmoud. This has been fantastic, and you've really given us so much wonderful information. Uh, about structural heart disease care at Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi and honestly throughout the organization. I really appreciate your time and your insight into what is such an important topic. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And to our listeners, uh, to learn more about Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi, you can visit clevelandclinicabudhabi.com. Please join me next time on our next episode of the Health Pulse podcast.